mean, you guys know you know Pastor Ben pretty well. I was I thought he was really going to take my notes for a second. I, was <laughs> I thought that might be something that he would actually do to me. <laughs> I've practiced it so many times and went through it. I don't even know that it would matter at this point. I think I've got it pretty well memorized, but nerves will get the best of you at times. Um, but it is awesome to be here today. Um, man, just uh, very excited for what Bethesda has going on uh, coming up in the future, and um, just excited for everything that's happening for the church here. I just want to start off just really quickly just by just saying that uh, Albie and I really appreciate you guys. Um, I know Leslie went into it a lot, you know, how you guys have been very supportive of our youth group and how you guys have helped, and and you guys are always offering up encouragement and prayer for us. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that from the bottom of our hearts, we, we love you guys. And, uh, and we just we always just want to serve the kids of Bethesda very well and do it as the best we possibly can. And uh, we think about you guys often and we pray for you guys throughout the week. And uh, we're continuously just, you know, we love seeing awesome things happening in everyone's lives. And, and coming here Sundays are, are the highlights of our lives. Just coming here and being with you guys and hanging with family and, and seeing wonderful, awesome engagements that happen and and good job opportunities. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that I pray for for you guys. Just awesome opportunities. And, and when it finally happens, it, it makes me feel really, really good. Like God is just blessing Bethesda. And you guys make Bethesda great, every one of you, through your giving, through, your, through just your dedication being here, uh, bringing kids, you know, praying for the ministries here at Bethesda. Um, so I didn't mean to go that long about that. But, you know, I just wanted to let you guys know that I do appreciate you and I love you guys. And uh, we think about you guys often and pray for you often. Um, really excited that uh, we get to go to camp today. Uh, uh, Leslie said it, you know, it's going to be a great time, man. Last year we had a lot of fun. We get to go uh, take the kids. We're going to pack them up. Albie and I got to bed around like 4.45 this morning. So we're uh, really tired <laughs> and we're ready to go. But, you know, uh, God, he, uh, he does amazing things through, through our camps. And last year we were able to impact a lot of families at the campsite, and um, we're hoping that this year we'll do the same. And we just ask and we just covet your guys' prayers this week uh, for the students, that God would impact them in huge ways, that he would, uh, he would meet us where we're at there at the camp, and that he would just um, uh, make it accessible to, to witness to other people at the camp this week so we can be a positive impact for everyone around us. So as, as uh, Ben said, for the past two weeks, we've been talking about reducing stress. Uh, Leslie did an amazing job. I love it. And, uh, and for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about reducing distractions. And uh, for the last week there, I think Albie's going to be talking about reducing uh, resentment in life. Um, but reducing is something that we don't like to do as human beings, is it? If you think about reducing in your life, or even like if you put it in terms of reducing clutter, like... I know Leslie gets on Ben all the time because he's kind of a pack rat, and Albie gets on me all the time also because I'm kind of a pack rat. Like, I don't like to get rid of things. And, and like, Albie will be cleaning out our closet or cleaning out something, our room or something, and then she'll find, like, because you, 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 you just don't know when you're going to need that stuff again. Like, she'll find, like, some fuzzy dice. You don't know when you're going to need that. Like, I don't want to get rid of that yet. You don't know when you're going to need some fuzzy dice. You don't know. You just don't know. So... Like, I don't like to get rid of things right off the bat. I, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant. And she's like, well, I just need to wait till you're gone, then I'll go through all this stuff. And, and I don't even know it's gone, but if I see it leaving, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, you know, I don't like to reduce in my life. 
And, and I know just as humans, we don't like when things are taken away from us. And uh, I was reading a story this week about a, um, uh, a professional rose grower, I know, a professional rose grower, and, and an amateur rose grower, and they're best friends. And the amateur rose grower, he had really nice rose bushes. I mean, they were beautiful bushes, and, and they had awesome blooms on them. And to the, you know, to our eye, we would just look at them and say, those are beautiful roses, you know. It's hard to tell the difference. But, and then his buddy, his best friend, who was a professional, had the type of roses that you see in magazines, the type of roses that people pay him a lot of money to come into their garden and, and you know, fix their roses up and make their roses really, really nice. And then they're also the type of roses that uh, movies would hire him to make bouquets and make, you know, scenes and settings and things like that. And, and just beautiful, beautiful roses. And so his buddy, the amateur, was just like, what are you doing different? Because they lived in the same area, the same climate. And he could not figure out what his professional buddy was doing different to make his roses so beautiful. And his roses were just kind of average. Nobody really wanted them. And so he asked him, and he just said, plain and simple, I, I prune my roses mercilessly. He said, I just I cut them down, like uh, merciless about it. And the amateur said, well, big deal. I do that too. You know, what else are you doing? You're, you're using some kind of growth hormone or, or you're doing something different. Like, wh what are you doing? And he said, no, I just, I just prune mercilessly. So the, they talk for a while, and, and he's still convinced that he's not showing him the full thing. So he invites him over to his house, to his garden, to show him exactly what he's talking about in his rose bushes. He wants to just show me exactly how you're pruning and what you're doing. Maybe I can learn something, and you can teach me how your roses become so beautiful. Well, he finally comes over to the amateur rose grower's garden. He's looking at the rose bushes. He sees all these awesome bushes, and, and there's a lot of really good blooms on them. Like I said, we wouldn't know the difference. And he sees this one really, really awesome rose, like right at the top of the bush, and it's just like you could tell that the amateur had spent a lot of time like pruning around it and making sure that it was prominent in that bush. And he's looking at it, and he says, let me see your shears. So he takes the shears, and he walks over. He starts shearing and, and pruning on that rose bush, and he's going around the bottom, and he's doing all these different things, and he's cutting off a lot, and the amateur's getting nervous. And then he goes up to the top, and he clips off that beautiful rose, that huge one that you could just tell that he was working on. And the amateur, just, he just loses his mind. He, he can't believe that all this time and effort that he had spent going in and pushing in and, and just having time spent and pruning and all the time and effort that he put into growing that rose is just gone. It's just gone. He just cut it off. <laughs> and he just couldn't believe it. So he just, what are you doing? I can't believe you did that, you know? And the professional said, just trust me, and we'll just cut all this back. And for the rest of the growing season, I want you to continuously prune like I'm showing you to do. So he goes ahead and he does what he says because the, you know, the prize of rose is already gone anyway. So he goes ahead and finishes out the growing season. He's doing merciless pruning and he's you know, attending to this plant in this bush. He's doing all these things. And at the end of the growing season, he sees that he has the most beautiful roses, roses that are worthy of magazines and roses that are worthy to be in movies and that people would pay him to help grow. But it took a lot of merciless pruning and a lot of merciless reducing to get to where those roses were so beautiful. And in our lives, in our Christian lives, if you parallel those two things, it's very similar to us as Christians. You know, sometimes in our lives to become exactly what God wants us to be and to be exactly where God wants us to be, it takes a lot of pruning. It takes a lot of reduction in our life. And it's something that we don't 
typically enjoy. It's something that we're not a big fan of when it's happening, but it's always for our good. You guys believe that? It's always for our good. It's not something that we enjoy, but it's something that's very, very important in our lives. If you want to be exactly what God wants you to be, then you're in those moments, you have to realize that, and it's one of the biggest mistakes that we make, is when things are being reduced in our lives, we, we automatically, what do we think? That God is mad at us, or that we've done something wrong, or, or we've sinned in some terrible way. You know, like, why, why are you taking this stuff from me, God? Why would you take away the one thing I've been really working on, like, the one thing I've spent a lot of time on, that one beautiful rose that I've been really just spending all my time on, why would you take that away? And we can't understand that. And it's a lie from hell that God is angry with us. I truly believe that in those moments, God is truly just shaping us into who we are, into who he needs us to be, and, and he's just making us who we are. So don't think for a second, if you're going through a moment or a season of reduction in your life and, and you feel like things are falling away from you, that God is angry with you or that he is mad at you or you've done something wrong because you can be doing everything right and things still fall apart, it seems like. So don't, don't get discouraged. Know that you're not alone in these times, okay? Because I've been going through a pretty hardcore reduction pruning time of my life for, for about almost a year now. It seems like a lot of things have been cut away and, and, and you know, the one thing that my job, it just kind of, snipped away I, lo I loved my job at the bank it was it was an amazing job the hours were perfect like the job was easy <laughs> the people were great and i just i loved it it was awesome and god took and he just moved me from that like he just took me out of that position and put me in a whole new world and let me tell you it's a whole new world <laughs> like there's addicts and there's mental health patients and there's um, just it's just crazy this kind of stuff that I'm seeing now and the type of situations that I've put in and, and the things that I've seen I've seen more crazy things in the past three months than I've seen in my entire life um, and, and I, my heart has been broken so many times for these people who, who you look at them and you see them and you realize that man I've forgotten about these people too <laughs> you know it's not just the rest of society but me myself I've, I've wrote these people off you know, in my life, and, and I'm looking at, at um, a heroin addict who has murdered his best friend, and I'm talking to him, and, and, and we're having discussions about God and, and how God can forgive, and, and <laughs> I mean, it's just, there's moments, you know, I could have never imagined, you know, I'm not a big fan of working night shift, and in fact, if you talk to me within the first month and a half or so of, of starting to work night shift, you probably heard me complaining about <laughs> working night shift, I, I don't like it. I'm tired all the time. My body hurts. I haven't been able to exercise properly. Um, but, I mean, just like, I just ugh, I just don't like it, you know. But God has put me in this position to help people and to minister and preach to people who the world has forgotten about. The people who just, they just don't get it anywhere else. And in that moment, I get those opportunities to preach to them. So in this moment of reduction, you know, there were times where I'll admit I felt like God was angry at me, like I was doing something wrong. And it's, it's easy to get in that sense, of, in that state of mind when we see our things around us not working out properly. But I promise you that you're not alone in the season and that we can get through it together and that God is just forming you into like the most beautiful rose that you could possibly be. I, I promise you. And I, I'm, I, I just 
I want you to know that, that God has awesome things for you in store. If you're going through a season of reduction, that God does have awesome things. There is light at the end of the tunnel. God sees things that we can't see. And he, he knows things that we can't know. He can see through the storms in our lives, and he can see on the other side of our storms. So, so just be, have, have confidence and have faith knowing that Jesus works all things to our good, okay? I know that's a really long <laughs> intro there, and I apologize, but I just really feel like God is just letting the Bethesda people know that reduction may be coming, but there's also better blessings coming from that, okay? So our scripture, our theme verses for uh, these, uh, this series of reduction has been uh, in Mark, Mark 8.36. It's up here on the screen if you, if you don't have it in your Bibles there. And it's a really short verse, so I won't have you stand this morning. But it just says, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? And, and it's easy to look at this verse and think, you know, oh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This was a long time ago. But I want you to try just for a moment just to imagine that, that God is, is right here, that he's standing right here in front of us, and that he's speaking to you individually that you are having just a one-on-one -on -one talk with God or one-on-one -on -one talk with Jesus, and he's talking to you, and he's asking you, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world yet lose your soul? What does it look like to try to gain the whole world? Well, we can't, all of us can gain the whole world, can we? It, that would be kind of impossible, but what we can do is secure our own little piece of it, right? Like we all want, you know, to be recognized and to be known. We want people to know us and we want to know people and, and we all want the nice job and we all want the nice car and the nice house and, and we all want the nice clothes and, and, and we just we, we want all these different things and it's very easy to get caught up in a rat race to where we're constantly trying to, to get what our best friend has or what our buddy on Facebook has or, or we're just constantly getting to this repetition of we have to earn, 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 earn and then we lose our priorities, which should be simply God first. Uh, pastor Ben and Pastor Leslie taught Albie and I this a long time ago when we first started as student pastors here. Um, they set us down. They told us, you know, you have to have your priorities straight throughout your walk with Jesus. Like, you have to, God has to be first. Your family has to be second. And then the church needs to be third. And they set us down. They told us that. And we, we have lived by that since we've learned that and we and I'm telling you that things work out in our lives so well and so I mean we have go through a lot of reducing and pruning seasons but but God always is faithful to take care of us a and it's just we, we keep our priorities straight and when we realize that oh we're you know the distractions are piling up in our lives and things are going south and weird things are happening we always go back and reevaluate our priorities where are we at are we keeping God first are we keeping our family second are we keeping church third or, and then everything else falling in after that but if we're not careful we can we can get into the rat race of, of earning and trying to stay busy and, and so this week i really just want to talk to you guys about reducing busyness in your life and reducing that distraction of busyness because that can be one of the most detrimental distractions in life is just pure busyness just being so busy that we forget that it's time to you know read our bibles you know we get so busy that we forget that it's time to, to, to do our prayer time or we forget to worship on the way to work or on the way to 
a meeting or on the way to that ball game or on the way to wherever we're going. We forget to take a moment and just worship God and praise him for who he is and what he's doing in our lives. You know, if we're so busy that we're forgetting those things and our priorities are changing, then that's when we start to become very susceptible to all kinds of different distractions in life. Distractions help us with excuses. You know, that's just how it is. It's so easy to become distracted uh, in life and in our tasks. <laughs> While I was writing the sermon alone, I, Ben was talking about how I have the fancy night shift job and I have all this time. And there are, you know, there are nights where I sit there the entire night and nothing happens, and then I go home. Like, there's nights like that. And then there's nights where, you know, you have like three or four people withdrawing in the house, and they're up and down all night, and they're all sick, and they're all, you know, like anxious and antsy, and, and, and then you maybe have a mental health patient there. Uh, we just had one just recently who, I mean, she thought I was her, her uh, uncle, you know, and she was like, talking to me like I was her uncle and that, you know, like she just, it was just craziness, you know, there's all kinds of wild stuff going on and like you just have to deal with that. <laughs> so there's moments, you know, where I had, but there were several nights this week where I had time to sit down and really just work on this sermon and try to figure out some things to say and what God wants me to say to you guys. And, um, and but even, even though there was not much going on, I still found time to like have all these different <laughs> distractions happen in my life. Like Everything else took a precedent and took priority to writing a sermon. Like, I would get lost in my iPad here, and I would start watching videos, or I would, you know, I would hear the most distracting noise in the world, which is like, <laughs> you everybody know what that is? That's your cell phone going off. <laughs> it's it's so funny. You go to like, you go out to eat with your friends, and everybody sits their table. They put their phone like on the table. Usually, it's face down. And all of a sudden you hear, zzz, zzz, and everybody at the table picks up their phone. Like, it's like, was that me? <laughs> was that me? Was that you? Or you'll hear, like, ding, that really light ding. And then everybody checks the phone. Like, some of you checked your phone when I did that noise. Like, I'm just, like, it's, it's crazy. It's wild. That, that noise can just absolutely just, and then you start checking your phone, and then you go down to, like, the rat hole of, oh, my gosh, like, Facebook, you get lost on Facebook, just scrolling up and down, up and down. You've seen it five times, but you're just like, I wonder if I missed something in there. Like, you're, you're just searching for something, anything. And it's so easy to become distracted that way. And, and last night I had Albie go ahead, and she, she was out and about and while I was just finishing, doing some finishing up touches. And I had her go out and buy me a new toy. <laughs> right. Anybody ever seen one of these? Anybody know what Bop it to start. You ever, anybody ever play with one of these? Bop it's? I'm going to sleep. He's going to sleep. All right. <laughs> anybody ever play with a bop it? Nobody's ever played with a bop it? Okay, you guys play with a bop it. Okay, these things, are, these things take a lot of your attention. Like, th it takes all of your attention in order to have this bop it work perfectly for you. I think my high score is like uh, 34 or something already. But I just got it the other night. Bop it. 34. Oh. See, they changed it. Used to, it was pull it, twist it, and then bop it. Now it's bop it, scream it. You have to scream in this side. And then you squeeze this, and then you twist this. So if I could just get... Latham, will you come up here and help me out just for a second, buddy? It's going to be beautiful. I just need just a real quick hand. 
got crushed oatmeal already. Well, it's kind of annoying. It just keeps saying bop at the start. You can try really hard. If anybody can do it in the room, it's you. I'm just telling you right now. All right. So, yeah, just go ahead. This round, I just want you to see how well you do. Uh-huh. What? Try again. This one's roll it. This this one squeeze it. And when it says scream, you have to scream in that. I'll scream in it. Ah! Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. I, I was messing with this thing last night. And, like, every time I would be, like, getting ready to beat my high score, Albie would start talking about camp. Like, like it never failed. I was like, all right, I'm about ready to get past 34 here. I'm going to get a high score so I can, you know, brag in front of the church, whatever. And then I would be like, hey, did we remember to pack? And then she'd just, I'd be like, and then I would forget. Like, I would forget what was happening. Everything would crumble down. And I'm just, I was trying to just get a really good score on my bop it here. She's going to go to sleep here soon. But there it is. So, um, um. <laughs> So, you know, I was thinking last night as I was playing with this boffet, and really, I wanted to just take this to camp so we'd have something to pass around the fire and, and have fun with the, with the kids. But uh, I was thinking, man, you know, this is very, very similar to our, 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 our priorities in life and how we're, you know, we, if we spend time with Jesus and we have our Bible reading time, we have our prayer time, we have our worship time, we have all these different times going on, and, and how easily it is that we become so distracted whenever we have the Bible in front of us. It, whether it's on our phone or whether it's like the actual physical version of your Bible or whatever it is, and you're trying to focus on this and what God is saying to you and the instructions that you're getting from your Bible, and, and, and then you have, and in this instance, I guess Albie's uh, Satan in this, in, this, uh, in this instance, but you have someone in your ear talking to you, like constantly remind you that you, maybe you, did you forget to do this? Did you did you make sure you put the laundry in the dryer? Uh, did you turn the oven off? Did you lock the door? Did did you wash this? Did you do that? Did you make time for this? And it seems like whenever we sit down to truly get to know God and get closer to Him and really just push in and pursue, then that's a moment in our life when all these things come to light. All the things that we forgot to do or all the things that we needed to do start coming to light and we start to think, you know, time man it's like prayer or worship or anything you know if we're thinking in the sense that the bapa is, is our time with god then it's so easy to become distracted so what do we do when we become distracted how, how do we handle distractions in life and sometimes it's very difficult and i already talked about one it's um, a you know reevaluating your priorities you know i talked about how whenever albie and i notice that things in our life are starting to get a little haywire and hectic we always go back to our priority list like are we keeping god number one and I encourage you to do the same thing. It's so important in our, in our walk with God that we keep him at number one. Because if he's not number one, it's like Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. All right? If God's not first, he's last. That's, just, that's how it is. I mean, it, it's just how it is. So, And we have to make sure our priority lists are, are in order. So go back. Make sure you're reevaluating. Make sure that you're, you're, you're staying close to God. And also, something that you can do is establish some routines. You know, I understand that some routines can be bad. And I'm, as I was thinking last night about 
you know, how God has taken me out of my comfy, cozy job and put me into this stressful, hectic one, um, how much of a rut that I was really in at the bank. I would do the same thing every single week, week in, week out. Like, Monday, I would, co- I would work, I would come home, I'd run, I'd, go, I'd eat, shower, go to sleep, get up, work, youth, do the shower, sleep thing, and then get up Wednesday, do the same thing and run. Like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd run. Thursday, after work, I'd mow grass. Uh, Saturday, I went and played tennis with Chayden. <laughs> like, Sunday was church day, so we'd run around all day with church stuff and do things like that. Like, every single week, I knew exactly what I would be doing. And if you ask me, what were you doing Thursday night? I was mowing grass. That's what I was doing. And now I can't find time to mow my grass to save my life. <laughs> like, I don't know when to do it. And I've paid somebody like three or four times to come mow my grass now. And I hate doing that. But, you know, I just don't have the time to do it. I'm too sleepy. It's, you know, I come home from work and the perfect opportunity in the morning when it's nice and cool. But I'm like dragging. I can't, I can't even keep my eyes open when I get home from work. And, and so I'm just, I, I, I'm having trouble. But, you know, what was you doing Monday? Well, Monday evening or Monday day? I was working or I was running, you know, or whatever. You know, I, I knew exactly what I was doing. So sometimes a routine can get really, really bad, and it can get into a really bad rut. And I remember when Pastor Ben was doing the sermon last year, and he was talking about how God was getting ready to do a shift and how God was getting ready to make a change in someone's life. And and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I hope, you know, praying for you guys. Like, oh, man, somebody's life's getting ready to change. And the whole time it was me that was getting ready to have my life flipped upside down. And and, uh, and it was okay, you know. I'm okay now. And at first I wasn't, but I am now, and I realize that God's putting me where he needs me to be. So, you know, just establish some routines. When you wake up in the morning, don't grab your phone and look through Facebook or check your notifications or answer all the text messages. When you grab your phone, just go to your Bible app, read a few verses. I'm not saying sit there for 20 minutes and read it, but just first thing, just get into a routine of seeing God's word first in your life. I promise you your whole day will change. Like everything gets better. If you put God first in your day, I, I'm, I'm 100% convinced of that. You may not always have the absolute perfect day, like rainbows and butterflies chirping or whatever happens with butterflies, but you, it's, you're going to have a better day. I guarantee it. I've seen it several, several times in my own life and, and Albie's life and, and throughout other people's lives when they put God first throughout the day. So establish some really good uh, routines in your life. Make sure that we're keeping our priorities straight. And something that you can do also that really just helps um, with your Christian walk and also helping reduce distractions is fasting. Fasting is a major, major, major thing in the Christian walk with God. We do it once a year as a, as a church, as a corporate fast in January, and it's awesome. And while we do that, you know, for 21 days we do a fast. In 21 days you're supposed to be able to form a new, a new habit. So our hope is that, you know, we would form a habit of fasting. God and fasting for our church and fasting for our families and fasting to get closer to God. You know, when we deny ourselves physical bread so that we can have more spiritual bread, like if we deny ourselves physical food or things that we really want so we can have more of God and have more of Jesus, then that's when God knows that you're truly serious. So if you really want to see things happen in your life and you want to see distractions tore down in your life, if you want to see the busyness and the hecticness of your life starting to calm down and starting to just be level out, fast to God and say, God, I need things to start slowing down. I need to realize that my priorities are in the wrong place. I want to put you first. 
I want, I don't want my business to be a distraction, an excuse as to why I'm missing church or why I'm missing reading times or why I'm missing prayer time. Or, or I want to put you first so you can just fast anything. I, you can do all kinds of different fasts. There's Daniel fasts. There's uh, Jewish fasts. There's uh, you can do a social media fast, music fast. Like there's all kinds of different things you can do. If you have any questions, you can come ask me after a while. I'll tell you a cool fast to do or something. But it's just, that's very important in our lives. So establish some routines, reevaluate your priorities, and spend a lot of time fasting and praying to God. And I promise you, you'll see distractions in your life start to take a back seat. And you won't become as distracted throughout your, your day or, or when you're trying to come close to God. You'll see that God is drawing close to you and you're drawing close to him. And it's, and it's an amazing thing. So if everybody will just stand with me really quickly, we'll go ahead and just uh, and, uh, and we'll pray for you guys today. I want to see Bethesda people uh, do amazing things. You know, I want to see you guys succeed in all the things that we do, and I want to see the church do really well, and I want to see uh, everybody staying focused on what God has for you and not allowing your busyness to become a factor in your, in your Christian walk. I want to see awesome things for you guys. I truly do. And I hope that while we were talking that you were thinking of that one thing that maybe you, maybe you thought of one thing that is really distracting you and keeping you and holding you back from truly pursuing God like you should. And if you have something, if everybody would just bow their head and close their eyes really quickly, and if you have something in your life that's holding you back, that's keeping you from, from fully pursuing God, then I just ask you, to raise your hand and just say, that's me, I have something going on in my life, or I have a distraction, a major thing going on, that I just need your prayer, and I would, I would just like for you to pray for me this week.